gentlemen. All rise. Court is back in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Do. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is the man who once and for all settles the debate between rabbit season and duck season, Mr. Drew Celestino. Wow, that's pretty good, actually. Uh, what side is Daffy on again? Uh, Daffy would have been on rabbit season. That's correct. I'm on team. I'm on team Daffy. You're on team Daffy. Yes. Okay. Me and Daffy are cool. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing, sir? Here we are back again. You seem, uh, uh, as if to be a man who is under a gigantic foot. Uh, just your requisite kitchen stress. It's back in stress form. Yeah. So, you know, I think I've been over this a couple times and, uh, yeah, we're 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 reevaluating the kitchen situation and seeing what can be done and just given the layout of my house and given the uh the what I want to accomplish with this, you know, renovation, um it's tricky. It's a balancing act because the room itself, you know, there is room in it to like drop in an island. You could just do that, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if we did that, You've been here for my parties in the summertime and whatnot. Yep. I, I entertain here frequently. That's good. Where does everyone kind of like yeah. to hang? We like to hang in the kitchen mm-hmm. in the back living room. If I drop the island in, yeah, you can stand at it, but you can't sit at it. You're going to eliminate more space than you're creating. Exactly. So I want to put the island in, or not the island, but like a, a, an island slash breakfast bar. But the problem with putting in the breakfast bar, that way there's chairs there, people can hang. Yeah, yeah. We, It's a great use of the space. But the problem with that is... It, to do that, I'd have to close up some. It's it's complicated. It's hard to explain in an audio medium, but it would it there there would be some closing up of some space that I, I feel weird about. So it's a bizarre game of Tetris, folks, and it's causing Drew the stressy stresses. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's I'm back into into the ball stress mode, which is not good because having a baby is not stressful enough. You needed more. I'm not really feeling well. Well, I'm not feeling baby stress yet. But all of this home renovation is part of baby. So maybe it is, but it's not. It's about it's about getting the house ready for the baby Mm. and future proofing the house for you know sale considerations down the road. So um, anyway, not that I'm thinking about doing that now, but you got to have an eye for the future, which I always try to do. So anyway, that's that's kind of my current situation. we also have a puppy, Carl. You do have a puppy. I met him when he came in. He is adorable. He's a 10-week-old Basset Hound puppy named Bo. I would totally bring him home, but then he would take my spot on the bed permanently, as Julie would give me Das Boot. He's pretty good about sleeping in his crate at night. So you have, you have, you know, if he did that, you would be like, no, no, he doesn't go there. He goes in here. Would she go for it? No. Okay. Never mind. No. Um, he's cool, but I have to be on top of him every three seconds because he has the 10 week old. I want to chew everything thing going yep. on. Mm-hmm. So he's got those nice, uh, puppy needle teeth. He sure does. So, uh, he already unfortunately did manage to, uh, eviscerate my surface charger. So yeah, say la vie. That's gone. I had to order a new one today. Uh, good times. But other than that, he's he's pretty cool. He's really, really, really cute. He's going to get adopted very quickly, I think, uh, this weekend at the Bassett Blast in Rochester. Yeah. So That's good. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, so I guess that brings us to the week. Yes, opening not? statements. How, sir, as if we haven't 
Already heard most of it. How was your week? Uh, it's been uh, not too bad, actually. So um, let's if we back up to last week, um, if I'm not mistaken, I, we did not go to game night because Jen and I went to the movies. Yeah. What'd you see? Uh, we saw Isle of Dogs. How was it? Uh, it was good. Yeah. So it combines two things that I really like. Actually, more than two things. But I'll start with the two things up front that, we really, that I really like. Dogs and Jeff Goldblum? Dogs. Well, hang on. Dogs, obviously. And Japan. Okay. It takes place in Japan. Yeah. And it's very stylized. And it's very, uh, very beautiful to look at. So Wes Anderson obviously knows his way around a film. But he has a very distinct visual style, which in, in a stop-motion animation form is even more so like striking and and uh unique so it was very cool to look at and uh head dogs the cast dude well it's wes anderson he's i mean brian cranston ed norton jeff goldblum bill murray scarlett johansson like and and more i could probably think of oh carvey keitel was in a role i was like oh my god it's harvey keitel (laughs) i miss him did he play a wolf he played a uh he not a wolf, no. I see what you did there, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but he did play a uh, you know a, a a dog leader of sorts. Okay, could have been a wolf, maybe, maybe. Okay. Clever, not if it was. But in any case, uh, it was cute. It was good. Um, I mean, I say cute, but it's it wasn't a kids' movie. <laughs> as weird as yeah, that no, sounds, it's, it's not. It's not being sold as one either. So no, suspected to be. I think kids would like it. There's you know, but it's it's very adult. Like it's yeah. it's definitely meant for a more thinking audience um but i enjoyed it um it was weird because like the dogs they warn you in the beginning like uh all humans have in this movie have not been translated except where noted all dogs speak english so the japanese is all in japanese and there often are no subtitles at all unless there's like there's the, the the conceit is that they usually are like broadcasts okay. so like the mayor will be giving an address to the people and they will they will have the interpreter broadcasting over the radio what he's saying and that's 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 the that's the the conceits you understand what he's saying like someone will be speaking english to relay it but sometimes it's not sometimes there's whole scenes of people speaking japanese and you have to kind of figure out what's going on okay interesting but all the dogs speak english cool but ironically the dogs don't understand the japanese masters interesting it's 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 a little weird. I feel there's something in there I should be offended at, but I can't decide what. It's you know I've kind of I've kind of thought about that a little bit. I've over, heard there's I've heard the one Doc Gets movie. It seems a little cultural appropriation. I guess. I mean, it's a stylized. It's very stylized, and it's set in Japan. And it's not made by a Japanese guy. So it's up to you if that is offensive or not. I, I, I don't know. I thought it was cool. Okay. But maybe I'm not the person who would really have... I'm not the one to judge, maybe. But I thought it was cool, and I, I thought it was very, very cool. I've, right. I've said cool like five times. But yeah, I thought it was cool. Cool. Uh, so that was neat. Um, Saturday, um, as is becoming a theme, my dad uh, texts me in the morning, and he's just like, hey... What are we doing today? What are we doing today? And I'm like, uh, do I want to do something today? And then it kind of like landed on, well, sure. Let's, let's. You can come over and do stuff. 
I'm well, play Switch. I'm helping and learning. No, I no no. I, I'm on the I'm on the job, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so we constructed uh, some shelving in my basement um, as part of this is like phase one of the big master plan for the Drew Cave. Uh, shelving's great. Um, I love having it. We're gonna build a little bit more of it, and um, I'm it's 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 awesome. It wasn't that hard to do, to be honest. And uh, that's a good that's it's cool, but. In getting the materials for said shelving, we had an experiment to run. And the experiment was, could we get 4 by 8 sheets of, you know, plywood or in, as just for the dimension, 4 by 8 could we possibly conceivably get a 4 by 8 sheet of drywall down into the basement when this finishing project begins? And we got an answer to that question. Yeah? No. Give me a sawzall. I'll get it down there. So this is problematic. So our next move, there's pro- a, there's probably... A reason, there's a reason my father called the saws all the solves all. It, it can, but you have to understand. Here's the thing. The next move we're going to try is we're going to try taking a 4 by 8 sheet and cutting it exactly to the height that we need in the basement. Because it's not hey. my ceilings are not 8 feet tall down there. If, if we cut it to exactly the height that we need, we might be able to get it down if we can't do that now we're we got to cross that bridge when we come to it i pitched out to my father hey what if we just rather than worry about this what if we cut four by four sheets because we can get four by four sheets down he writes back in all capital letters with exclamation points which is weird because my dad's a very direct kind of yes no kind of texture yeah. no more work, more mudding, harder to level the walls once you have, you know, once you yeah, sand that. And uh, so he doesn't want to do that. But at the same time, here I am sitting here trying to figure out a way that we can make this work. Yeah. And options are limited. So one way or another, we have to figure it out. So we'll see how this goes. All right. But the shelving, by the way, I'm happy. I'm super stoked. Um, Sunday, I, I pretty much took it easy uh, all day. Um, meal prep day. Big meal prep day. Happy about cool. this. So made some cilantro lime chicken, a whole bunch of it. Um, fired up the charcoal grill for the first time this year. That was nice. And uh, set up about uh, 12 to 15 meals of uh, chicken and couscous and broccoli. And I'm happy as a clam because I'm back uh, back on plan, sir. Back on the meal prep. And uh, hit, I have hit the gym twice now in the last in, since last we met. So I'm back in the gym too. Right. Finally got over the mental divide. Made a point to go. I went. I'm in. And now I'm over it. So now I'm good. But All I can't right. tell you how weird it is to like, now that I'm back, it's like, what was I waiting for? I would drive by every day and go, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And then I just keep driving. Yep. And, I, and now I finally. I mean, you went. You went past it. Exactly. Yeah. But now I went inside this time. So I'm back, and it's it's good. I'm starting from square one, which is not, it, it stinks, kind of. Get a, get that gym time in now, sir. Oh, I will. Come September. Come September, I will still get my gym time in. <laughs> yeah, you have fun with that. Uh, have you spoken to my wife? <laughs> she's more gym, gym addicted than I am. Yes. So if she's going, I'm going. Oh, we'll figure this out. Don't worry about that. I'll take them to yeah. the gym if I have to. Okay, yeah. yeah. See how that works. Yep. 
you have no idea what you're in for. It's and fine. You, and your arrogance, assuming that you're going to immediately know what to do, is just is just so so adorable. Carl, human beings have been having children since there were human beings. We've all gotten. We we we're okay. We can yeah, figure this out. I'm, you guys are going to be fine. It's it's your assumptions of what is and what is not going to happen when the baby comes. It's what's amusing. You guys are going to be great parents. I have no doubt of that. That's right. Whatsoever. I know this. I'm confident. I I and many others are just are just waiting with eager giddiness for the the Mack truck of reality to come running over here. See, the more you dig in against me, the more I will resolve myself to prove everyone wrong. You know that. You know that I'm a contrarian by nature. So have fun with that. I will. I'll have a lot of fun with it. All right. So yeah. That brings us to here and now. Yep. Hi. Hi. How's it going? How are you? How was your week? My week was good. Um, let's see, uh, we didn't do game night. Just hung out with the uh, the wife Friday night. Saturday during day was an X wing tournament. I always Ooh. ask. I'll stop asking. Yep. Tell you what, you can no when, still ask. It's still fun. I how about, still how about enjoy this? myself. When you when you do well, then tell me. I mean, I'll on, just presume that you're that you got your butt handed to you every time this way. On paper, I went two and one. Okay, but that's a win. One of those two was a buy, which counts as a win. So, eh. technicality. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got slaughtered the first round and uh, did pretty good the third round. Um, I was trying out something. Knew something different, just didn't didn't work. Um, so yeah, but now it's still, you know, it's back to the drawing board. I still enjoy doing it. It's fun. Good. Um, Saturday night, I got a message from my friend Adam. He wants to know if I was free for some gaming. I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So he came over and he brought, he got a recent, Adam buys games in bulk. He doesn't like go one at a time like, uh, like mostly he waits until he's got a good list of what he wants to get and then orders it all in one shot. He brought over two of his newer games. Uh, first one that we played was Heroes of the Realm, which is a deck building game um, from the same people who did Star Realms. Uh, I don't think it's called Heroes of the Realm. I think it's just called Hero Realms. Um, I think you would very much enjoy this game. It's deck building, um, but it's it's more more advanced deck it's somewhere in between street fighter and legacy legendary okay i like both of those yeah so i think i think you'd really enjoy it that was a lot of fun cool and the other game we played is a game that uh came out late last year and has been at the top of all the charge it's a game called azul azul yes there is no that means blue there is no dana there is only azul is Um, it blue no it's not blue there is but azul means blue they're fine. Great. I'm telling you, there's a very small portion of the game that is blue. Well, that's false advertising. It's it's an abstract game that is tiling and kind of puzzly-ish. Really, really enjoyable. Um, think like... I can't really compare it visually to anything we've played because we haven't played anything visually like it, but as far as a gameplay philosophy goes it lands kind of somewhere in between sagrada and photosynthesis interesting yeah i think you would enjoy it all right um i do intend uh, at one point or another purchasing both of these games 
because um, they were both like instantly like, yeah, this is this is really high quality. And you won't understand this now. You will when you play the game. You will have an uncontrollable urge to eat starbursts the whole time while you're playing Azul. Are you saying I don't have an uncontrollable urge to eat Starburst now? This will make it much, much worse. Okay, fair enough. Uh, So Sunday was kind of chill. It's a good Um, day to chill. Yeah. The wife is currently out of town. She is in New York City on business. Just you and the boy, huh? Just me and the boy. He's at his grandmother's uh, tonight. Being spoiled rotten, I'm sure. No, we've had that talk. It's talk that (laughs) is going to to have to happen again. Many, many times, I'm sure. But I see. That's that's the never-ending battle there. Mm. Um, because as we've discussed many times on the show, I've I've been spoiled, and I can tell you that no good comes of it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so she comes back tomorrow, and that pretty much catches us up to current. Well, all righty then. Dear listener, if you would like to tell us about your week, send us any questions or comments for the show, you can do so at the following locations. You can find us on Twitter at Devil's Due Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Due Podcast.com. Drew, we've got some questions. We've got one very special email that I'm going to save the last. Okay. Uh, we will start out with the uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the Devil's Due, uh, Mr. J. Gelsimino and Mr. Alan Waiters. Uh, starting with Mr. Alan Waiters, Carl and Drew, do you think Amazon is going too far with Amazon Key, which allows you to access your car and home for delivery man to deliver your Amazon Prime packages? I mean, it's not something I would do personally. I can see certain people in certain situations having to do something along those lines, so I don't necessarily think it's too far. If they were to force it and say, this is the only way you can have your packages delivered, I would say, yes, they're going too far. But right now, if it's an option, it's fine. Car, fine. My home, eh. No, you're not coming in my home. But that's me. Other people, yeah, yeah. I, I get the appeal of the service because, you know, no one likes to have their stuff stolen off their porch. So yeah. my car, pfft, fine, man, throw it in there. What are you going to do with my car? Like, go through my gym bag? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Carl, will you be participating in International Tabletop Day this Saturday? Do you prefer co-op games or conf- competitive games? Um, as far as game preference, I... It, of those two choices, I don't really have a preference. We've had fun times playing co-op games and just as much fun times playing competitive games, I would say, in our game nights. That's fair. Yep. Um, International Tabletop Day? Uh, I don't know. We we shall see. I don't think there's an X-Wing tournament going on this Saturday, which is one they, they tend to have. Never mind. Yes, there is. Wait. No, there isn't. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Ah, stupid calendar. So this Saturday is the 28th. Yeah, nothing going on. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, So, yeah. Drew. Hey. Do you think story-driven games like Breath of the Wild and God of War are beating shooter games like Fortnite and PUBG? Um, Do you... 
Do you think older gamers are attached to story driven rather than shooters that young gamers like? Uh, well, hang on. We, we had a lot of generalities being tossed out here. Uh, number one, Alex is trying to get us to buy God of War. Uh, yeah, he's definitely on the God of War train right now. Um, number one, which are for good things. So. I have to. No, number one, Breath of the Wild, story driven. <laughs> um, barely. <laughs> of all the talk you've done of that game, I don't think once you've mentioned the story. It's because you know the story. If you had yeah. to guess, Carl, what's I'm not even going to tell you what is the story of Breath of the Wild. Save Princess Zelda, save Hyrule, defeat Ganon. Basically, yes. Okay. There's one like <laughs> there is one little there's I mean there's backstory that you learn in the game, but you yeah. nailed it pretty much. That's yeah, that's the story. Uh, I've only ever played one Zelda game my entire life. Well, spoilers, that story doesn't really change. <laughs> <laughs> so um anyway, no, I get I, I know, what, I know what he's saying. You know though. what they do, they do them really well. <laughs> uh shooters I think have become super, super popular, not so much because they're shooters, although that is appealing, I guess, but I think they're they are uh I think co op gaming and competitive co op gaming has become more and more popular over the last ten, fifteen years. And that's why the, the sh- that's why the, the Call of Duties of the world are so popular. Because people like to play online and, and trash talk each other and bragging rights and that all that business. Um your Fortnites and your PUBGs are an extension of the same thing, even though they're those are more um com- those are less team based and more competitive, especially yeah. PUBG, which is a free for all. But it's the same idea. You're it's you versus a whole bunch of people, and it's just the it's that competitive urge. Um, story based games still do well, and I think um, I don't know. I, I still I think there's plenty of room for both. I don't yeah. I don't see story based games going away anytime soon. Although, as I say that single what? player single player games are becoming kind of afterthoughts one so, is a good palate cleanser for the other sure sure yeah i mean i definitely prefer a more solitary experience but that's me yeah um your mileage may vary um i don't know i i think uh we should keep an eye on it though because as more and more games are kind of foregoing the single player experience i worry that story-based games might be they might become more of a niche thing, which would be unfortunate. I think I have a slightly different take. Not that I don't agree with yours, I do, but another another perspective I see is that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, first-person shooter games uh, are bite size. You could sit down for like half an hour, 45 minutes really quick and get in like three or four matches of Call of Duty or what have you, like wife and I are currently playing Splatoon, mm-hmm. which just reminds me I forgot your copy. At That's okay. Um, and we'll sit down. We don't like sit down for marathon sessions. We sit down for a couple sessions, get some game in, then move on to the next thing. Whereas, like with story based games, especially games like Breath of the Wild, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, things like that, those are much more of a time commitment. And I'm not saying the first person shooter games are not a time commitment. I'm saying the immediate in the moment commitment is much more flexible than yes a yeah. story based game. I would agree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all right, Alan, thank you very much. Moving on to Mr. J.J.L. Samito. Drew and Carl, now that Venom has a new trailer and a face, spoilers, we're going to get to that in news, and given one of the voiceovers in the trailer, what is your favorite sim game, favorite insert 
name boy character do you wish you owned a, a, and are you okay we, there buddy i think jay jay done skipped a groove um and do you wish you owned a coyote or as some call them yote Jay, I know you don't uh, me, drink, but let, I'm but I'm worried that you might yeah. you might have started. <laughs> let, let me let me try and let me try and break this down. I don't think his let's questions, go piece by piece. Yeah, I don't think his questions have anything to do with the uh, the Venom trailer. Okay, uh, what is your favorite sim game? Um, sim, like simulation. I'm guessing like Sim City or something yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that. Um, I would have to go. I mean, is Civilization a sim game? Sure. I've never played a sim game, so I'd... if civilization counts, civilization uh four through six uh are my my go tos. Uh I will lose a day easily. I I'll lose a weekend if you sit me down in front of civilization. I didn't put a graphics card in this computer because I knew that if I did, I would buy Civilization Six and you'd never see me again. Alright. <laughs> um favorite Insert name slash boy. Like Bat Boy? Like Superboy? Or, yeah, uh, uh, I'm going to go with Wonder Boy. Oh, yeah. What uh, is the secret of your powers? Yep. I, I will go with Superboy, but only 90s uh, circle sunglasses leather. Wow. Connor yep. Kent? Superboy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and do you wish you owned a... Ki- so Fallout Boy? No. No. No, okay. no. Not the band. And not him either. Jiminy Jellickers. <laughs> if it's Mickey Rooney <laughs> Fall Out Boy, then yes. Okay. I will I will take Mickey Rooney Fall Out Boy. <laughs> you gotta do it for me. <laughs> the <it>. mixture. <laughs> the mixture. Um and do either of you wish you owned a coyote or some people call them Yote? <laughs> no. No. Yeah. I, I I don't need I can a, barely handle dogs. Yeah. I don't need the American version of Dingo Ate My Baby. Literally. Yeah. Scary. Right. That's, right. that's a that's a weird Yeah, I think I think Jay might be on some L S D. Uh you know, I mean quite possibly. But Jay, we gotta hang out more. <laughs> <laughs> uh Drew. Yes. Long Beach was such a long time ago I don't even I know. know how long at this point. If you were to determine, dang nabbit Jay, did he get you? No, I'm not. I'm not reading the rest of it, man. I'm not. I'm not. You know what? You don't even get to look at it. And there's I, a lot here. He's gonna. He's not, I'm, I'm gonna hear about this tomorrow. Scanning, you know that scanning. Yeah, yeah. It's it's exactly what I told him not to do. He did it. So, right. I'm I'm gonna Move get ang- I'm gonna get angry texts in the morning. You know this. This is my I don't care face. All right. Maybe he should redirect those. I get, ang- ang- I get angry texts in the morning too. He should send them to you from now on. Then it's fine. Right, okay, you can you can answer to him then. That, I have no fear of that. All right, you heard him, Jay. Carl, we are now in the era the era of the Meg and Deep Blue Sea two. <laughs> the Sharkassants. See what he did. Sure. I, 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 I see what he Seems did there. Seems to rival that of the recent McConaissance. What Matthew McConaughey character would you put in a shark movie? Not, okay, so not which which character? Yes. Okay. 
I mean, that's tough. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm. I don't think you could really qualify it as a de- air quotes deep cut. I'm gonna take his character from the movie Fool's Gold, which is one of the any number of rom coms he did with Kate Hudson. I never saw it, but okay. Special little place in my heart because first the first movie I ever saw in the theater with my wife. Um, it's a funny movie. It's amusing. Um, pre super fame Kevin Hart in the movie in it. Okay. Um, I'm gonna take that character and. I'm going to put him in Jaws 3D. All right. No. It's your all question. All right, all right, all right. It, it, it sure is. All right. So, thank you, Jay. And seriously, man, get get some help. There's, <laughs> there's programs out there. If, if you got, if you're chasing the dragon, it's, you're not catching up to it. There's, there's help out there for you. Okay, so next email comes from our friend Manny Marin from Staten Island. All right. Uh, Manny took a little different approach this time. He sent us an article to read. Oh. And it's a really long article, but I pretty much got the gist of it. I didn't read it. Well, I mean, <laughs> you're busy. I am, unfortunately. It's, it's, it's basically, um, you know... Disney streaming services coming. Should Netflix be scared? And you want? He's oh. kind of interested as to our take on it. Okay, is essentially what the the article says. Um, no, I don't think Netflix should be scared. I think Netflix has really done the smart thing in investing in original programming. Yes, they have. If Netflix was still just like streaming other people's other content, people's stuff, I'd be like, yeah, Disney's going to buy them just to have the infrastructure. Um, but right now, I just I think Netflix is healthy and fine and. I'm sure the Disney streaming service is going to be great, even though it's another like seven to ten dollars a month they're going to have to plop down, which kind of sucks. But I mean, there's going to be some cool stuff on there. So, sure. Yeah. Um, I'm in wait and see mode with the Disney streaming service. I don't need it necessarily. It depends what's on it. Uh, Netflix though will be just fine. I just saw an article this week actually that uh, I did not share with you that Netflix is actually looking into opening their own movie theaters. To show their own content. I think that's actually a smart move. I think... Here's the thing. I think it's a smart move if... If you already subscribe to Netflix, you get some oh, sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that would be a, a yeah. given. Yeah. All right, sure. Why not? Do it. Sure. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, do it. Cool. Let the English see you do it. That's... Oh, I love I love using that phrase. <laughs> I'll find I'll find reasons to pull that out in public. <laughs> All right, Manny, thank you very much for that email. And normally, Manny being in Staten Island is about kind of the furthest away we get for a question. Yeah. What'd you say? Um, no, because our friend uh, Dan from the UK has wrote, written in before. Dan from the UK. Mm-hmm. Mm. I may have to take a look at a map because we might have a new, a new, uh, new record here. Go on. Uh, email from Mr. Dennis Brock. Hi, Dennis. Where's he from? Hey, guys. I'm sending you greetings from over here in the wonderful and tiny kingdom of Swaziland in Africa. For reals? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um, I know. Uh, Did you Google this? No, no. Disclaimer. I know Dennis. Oh, okay. Um, it goes on to say, 
I've known Carl for a while and discovered your podcast from Carl when I visited home, born and raised in Tonawanda. Uh, I love it, guys. I only have access to the internet about two or three times a week, but when I do get online, one thing I make sure to do is get up on iTunes and download the latest Devil's Day. So that that means uh, a heck of a lot because dude's dude's a missionary in in Swaziland. Okay. you know, we living in America, you know, obviously for us to get on the internet is nothing. If he's if he's only able to access it like two or three times a week and he's devoting some of that time to get our show, Dennis, brother, much love. Much, much love. Big ups and tell some of these lazy fat Americans to do more to help us out. <laughs> <laughs> or work on getting us a strong following in Africa. Sure. Wakanda forever. <laughs> Swaziland forever in sure. this case. Carl, here's a few questions for you. I appreciate your love of X-Wing. I also love it. And play it with a friend over here. My question is, one, have you purchased TIE Silencer ship? Uh, that came out kind of recently. Two, if so, how do you like it? Three, what is your current favorite ship that you're excited to incorporate into a build? Um, I did uh, purchase the TIE Silencer. It is Silencer. It is crazy fun to use. It is, however, somewhat expensive um, as far as points go, so what you can kind of put around it and cause you got to put some stuff on it to make it really work. And then you're kind of limited as to what you can kind of put around it, but it's really, really fun ship. Um, probably maybe the best Imperial small ship. I mean, quick draw is still really huge in the meta and getting a lot of play, but Kylo Ren and tie silencer and, uh, test pilot blackout, both seeing some play. So yeah, as far as my favorite ship to incorporate into a build, um, I'm still a sucker for the Decimator, even though it gets decimated relatively quickly. <laughs> so it's not just a clever name. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of the um, it's the Imperial answer to a Falcon style ship, mm-hmm. Falcon style ship, like a big ship and not like huge. Um, but it's got no, it's got a lot of got a lot of meat to cut through, but no uh, defense dice. Okay. So they, they burn down relatively quickly. Uh, but I still love them. It's a great ship. Uh, so, yeah. A statement for Drew. Statement, you say? Listening to the Devil's Due and hearing your passion for professional wrestling has gotten me back into it. Yeah, boy! Over here, we get WWE Raw and SmackDown no. shown on South... <laughs> Wait, what? what? <laughs> Dude! Shown on South African TV, it airs 24 hours after it airs in the USA. I think they were just there, actually. They were just in South Africa. We also get the pay-per-views shown live about 1 a.m. our time for free, which is awesome. Sadly, we do not get any NJPW. Because of listening to you guys and started watching WWE again, I'm enjoying it, so thanks. Well, you're welcome. Man has limited resources. I understand. Can't, I understand. I understand. Can't bemoan him. No, no, no. I know. If he had a choice, that would be something. But if you can only get the internet two, three times a week, can't like. Well, if sure, NJPW is not on TV over there. No, it's probably not. But he could subscribe to NJPW World, and he with his two or three hours a week, he could pull up any match he wanted. Yeah, the, I could give him a list. The dude is a missionary with like three kids. Kids will love it. <laughs> Have they seen Toru Yano? <laughs> They'll love him. Okay, there's more. Last week, WWE even came to South yeah. Africa for the first time, I believe. They had shows in the cities of Cape Town, 
uh, Pretoria and Johannesburg. So I took the wife and two kids, two kids, yes. And we drove four hours to see the show in uh, Pretoria. It was awesome to see live. There are a lot of different WWE stars, Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, Matt Hardy, name a few. It was, however, not like a TV airing of our SmackDowns. Wrestlers didn't take the mic and monologue. It was mostly two and a half hours of matches, one after another. My wife and kids loved it, which made it worth uh, the expense and long trip. So very cool. Just realized we could, we would never have our, fu- we would have never had our fun WWE family event if I didn't check out the Devil's Dune Star listening last year. So again, thank you. I love your podcast, guys. Keep up the good work. Well, I'm happy that I could rekindle a little passion for wrestling and spread the love. That's a very heartwarming email. One of the all due respect to people sending the emails. That's that's one that that one puts a smile on my face. One of the best uh, emails we've had in a while. Would you say it gets you right in the cockles? Right in the cockles. Maybe right? the subcockle area. Possibly subcockle. <laughs> Not being dirty or chambers of the heart. Read a book. That's correct. People. Or yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, so that brings cross-examination to a close, which brings us to the news of the week. We, we got some stuff. There's some stuff to There's discuss. Stuff. Um, earlier in the week, so I've been really enjoying DC Comics lately because it feels like their Rebirth line has been really solid and a lot of enjoyable stuff, but now it seems like the inevitable is happening and they're stumbling in the footsteps of Marvel um, doing some retooling and relaunching and calling it DC Fresh Start. See, I don't think... You you say f- fumbling. I think they've been doing relaunches and rebrands all along, and they haven't made a thing of it, and there's no sense in you getting worked up about it now. Fumbling in the footsteps of Marvel. No, so, But dis- one of the disagree. big stories to come out of this... And we kind of talked about this on a previous episode because um, Grant Morrison, my boy, your all-time favorite writer, sure is, said to be doing a title for DC, but we did not know what. Well, we did know that he announced uh, Arkham Asylum 2. Yes. Which we were kind of waiting to see about. Right. Um, it turns out he is possible, hasn't been 100% confirmed, but it's possible he will be uh, writing the Green Lantern, a new Green Lantern monthly book. Now that is curious. Wow. That is, if that turns out to be true, that's very curious. I mean, look, look, the guy has had an epic, maybe, uh, dare I say, all-time best run on jla he already he already tackled the jla yep. and, and put his stamp on it for all time superman he gave us all-star superman which is yep. like my superman bible he had a legendary run on batman yep he did a got one a little, got a little sketchy at a couple points but still legendary. you gotta admire the longevity though like he had yeah, a, no, no, they was... let him run wild and he he stuck with it for it was a good five years, I think. It was a yeah, long time. It was a long run. Give us Damien. Kind of kind of came off the rails with the whole return of Bruce Wayne thing. That was kind of, yeah, well. I think he was trying a little too hard there. Yeah, it was fine. Once Bruce came back, it was status quo was reset. We're, we're all good to go. It was fine. Batman Incorporated was kind of fun. Um, Anyway, Wonder Woman. 
We got the Earth One. Earth One. And I think he he may or may not be doing another one of those. I'm not positive. Yeah, he's doing Volume Two of Wonder Woman Earth One. Okay, so there he's he's, he knocked out the Trinity uh, and the entire JLA at one point, and now Green Lantern. That's a that's another feather in the cap there. Yeah, we don't know which Green Lantern. Um, I'm hoping it's Hal Jordan because that's my my favorite Green Lantern and being my second favorite DC character. Given where Canon is, I don't know where the what's going on in DC right now, but I have to. Hal's still the Green Lantern, right? Yes. He's still, is there still, he's still a, core? a Green Lantern. There is a core. Yep. Okay. Hal, John, Guy, and Kyle are all part of it. They gave Guy a ring again? Yeah. Oh. Okay. He was a Red Lantern for a while. See, that's where I'm. you lose me with all the colors and stuff. But that's a little silly. But anyway. No, see, you didn't read it, though. I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. With, it was really good. I'm good with the Skittles, Lanterns, and all that. We're, we're all good here. Uh, curious. I'm... I'm Show me what you got, because if, if I know anything about Grant Morrison, if he has a take on, on any of this, it's going to be very outside the box, and it's definitely not just going to be, you know, space cop adventures. There's going to be some kind of angle to it that is yeah, very I'm, off the beaten path. I'm really interested to see what he does, because as of late, um, Hal Jordan has not been an Earthbound Green Lantern. There are two other Green mm. Lanterns that are currently protecting Earth. I mean, Jordan is still the... Green Lantern of Space Sector 2A14, but those sectors are very big. And But, like, yeah, he's the majority of the... There's two Green Lantern books going on right now. Green Lanterns, plural, which is the one about the two that are kind of guarding Earth and with the Justice League and whatnot. Um, and then there's Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, which is, like, the core and... Um, Oa was, this happened a couple years back, Oa was destroyed. Of course it was. And now their home base is Mogo. Was it Mogo at the Green Lantern planet? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Where is, uh, because I'm so out of date with my Green Lantern stuff, where's Kyle Rayner in all this? Kyle was uh, the soul bearer of the White Lantern for a long time. Okay. Um, Then he gave that up and became a Green Lantern again. And I'm going to throw a prediction at you. Grant Morrison's writing a Kyle Rayner book. Well, he, Rayner was the Green Lantern for his Justice League. That's, what I'm, that's why I think that might be what he goes for. I could be wrong. Yeah. But th- I mean, that would make sense to me, though. Uh, they've kind of... Kyle is the Lantern that's probably gone through the most changes... In recent years, um, like most recently, he was, you know, possibly getting with Sinestro's daughter. Oh, Kyle, what happened to you? (laughs) Then their their son from a potential future came and it didn't turn out well. So, which which destroyed a a lasting peace between the the Green Lantern Corps and the Sinestro Corps, because Sinestro is not in the picture anymore. Okay, I'm telling you, man. Like it sounds. It sounds like sounds silly, but it's good. You know what it sounds like? like? It sounds like it sounds like Cable's origin. (laughs) It's not, but it sounds it sounds that way. The whole son from potential future that was a very small. It wasn't something that was really focused around. Like every seriously, everything from Green Lantern Rebirth. The entire Green Lantern Rebirth, the entire Jeff Johns run up until New 52 
New 50, uh, the Green Lantern New 52 is one of the books I dropped pretty quickly um, because Hal wasn't in the picture. Sinestro was a Green Lantern again. I just, I just didn't, I just didn't like it. Um, but then I picked it up again after like that kind of all played out and it's, it's good. It's really good. Like I know you, you poo poo it, but if you went back and read, like, especially if anything else, the Sinestro core war is probably one of the best storylines of recent years. Um, blackest night was an incredible story and just, they dug really deep into the lore of like a lot of what made up green lantern. Okay. So, and it's really, really good. So yeah. Interested to see what Mr. Morrison will be doing on it. I hope it's true. Now let's, let's go over to, uh, to Marvel. A couple of interesting stories coming out of Marvel this week. Yeah. Uh, first off, uh, Marvel is reportedly developing an Eternals film. Sure, they are. Drew, Not, look. What are the Eternals for? It's very complicated. <laughs> it's like really, really deep cut, but not okay. the cut you want to make. Um, they're slightly easier to understand in humans. So they're like the genetically modified human, genetically modified humans, air quotes, from millennia ago that were that were made by the celestials, basically. Okay, and that's kind of what they are. They like they are, they're almost like the new gods over at DC, but not quite. Yeah. See, if you were to tell me that Marvel had Graham Morrison doing an Eternals book, I'd be like, sign me up. Sure. I mean, Neil Neil Gaiman did one, and it was cool. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they say that, I don't think they're serious about it. Like, they couldn't get the Inhumans to, 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 to work. You're going to tell me you're going to get the, the, the Eternals to work? The only thing is, the only thing is, I'm poo-pooing it, just so you know. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. please don't do this. But, I said, we all kind of had the same, like, what are you doing here reaction with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So and now it's my favorite franchise in the MCU. See? So you know you if you if you put it up on screen and you made it work, hey, thumbs up. So, I but but my immediate reaction is yeah yeah. Let's let's much. let's worry about some other characters before we go yeah doing this. So now um, this new story is kind of like new story name only because like when you hear about it you're like wait what but then you think about it it makes sense. Uh, Marvel has announced that they will not be in Hall H this year for nah, San Diego Comic-Con. They've Comic done this Con. before, and this makes yeah, sense. Yeah, there's no... Because San Diego Comic-Con is what? Late June, early July? July. So, Infinity War will have been out. Yep. Um, Ant-Man will Ant-Man, be coming out. Ant-Man Wasp either will have just come out or will just be coming out. Yep. And there's nothing else announced outside of Avengers 4. And Captain Marvel. And Captain Marvel. So I don't think there's really a need for a Hall H presence. No, not unless they yeah. get something to show, which it doesn't sound like they do. So Yeah, no. most of them might see some footage from Captain Marvel. and Which we'll see anyway, so that's yeah. fine. So, yeah. That's going to be a neat movie, I think, Captain Marvel. Marvel, Marvel dialing. Oh, that also reminds me. Um, I, did, I just didn't jot down notes. Uh, details coming out from uh, D23 about the Black Widow movie in development. 
and that it will be a prequel of sorts taking place before the events of Iron Man 2. See, I feel like this one uh, is another example of like, yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. I mean, Captain Marvel is kind like, of that. I'd like to see this movie, mind you. But I just feel like Marvel's so... They've been so cagey about a Black Widow flick up till now. Until I, they say that they're shooting it, I think they're just going to kind of remain circling around it and not really doing it. I don't see them not doing it. They don't really have to adjust anything story-wise from this approach either because you kind of know what your framework is and where you can go with it and where ultimately the story ends up. Um, but I don't know. Well, yeah. like I said, I, I feel I, I not to pull a DC on it here, but I feel like this is one of those I'll believe that when I see it kind yeah, of kind and of. Yeah, we have the, we have the potential of Hawkeye and and uh, Winter Soldier making appearances in this. That film all as well. see that all makes perfect sense yeah. to me, but I guess I have to see we we have to see where things are after Infinity War. Like, what did, is it going to make sense to tell this story in whatever universe they, they set up after Infinity War? Yeah. That that's really what you know. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna know a lot more about the I mean, future if, after this movie. If you're in a position narratively at the end of Infinity War, where you can't really tell any stories beyond Ant Man and Wasp, and then you have this gap between Ant Man and Wasp and Avengers Four, you've got one movie in there, but. You know Marvel; they like to you know three movies a year. It kind of makes a little more sense. It does, but I don't want I don't want them to just start making movies for the sake of keeping the schedule going. No, I you know. know I agree with you. So, um, also, I just realized, you know, I laughed at something, but then I kind of checked myself when I laughed at it because um, I was playing with William last night, and I just noticed on TV there was a commercial for for the show Krypton. Yeah. And I wasn't paying attention to it, but I did specifically hear the word doomsday. And yeah. I'm like, really? You're doing, how are you doing? But then I remembered doomsday's comic book origin. He is from Krypton and he is from Krypton of long ago. So I was like, all right, I'll just shut up and go about my business. Then. Are you watching Krypton? No. Okay. Just no. checking. Just checking. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, mean, I've, I, I don't want to watch Krypton, not because doesn't look good not because it doesn't look like there's a lot of production value to it just because like i know what the end of the story is boom doesn't matter what happens because i know in the end boom and sometimes stories like that i'm still interested in where i still know what happens in the end yeah this one not uh, not so much okay that's a respectable take yeah all right drew let's uh Oh, hang on, hang on. We got, we got other stuff. We can, we can, no, no, we, I know. I'm I'm getting to the next thing that you know we kind of got to talk about. That no, no, I know. You're, I know where you're probably going, but I'm saying we got a couple other things we could okay, probably. Well, what do you, what do you? Guys so what 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 crawled up Jim Cameron's butt and died? Um, I'm guessing the fact that he never got to make Spider Man. You think that's what it is? He might just, be. He's a little butt hurt. You know, now that you bring it up, that's uh, that's a good point because he's tra- he's trash talking about. He he wants super ter- superhero fatigue to set in soon. He's sick of it. Jim, Listen, buddy. Jim Cameron's position in the genre Hall of Fame is assured. Sure. Terminator, Aliens, get him in. Yeah. I mean, you did Avatar. 
haven't really done anything since. I think he's just mad that he made Avatar, and for all the money it made, no one cares about Avatar. There's no cultural... The only cultural footprint that currently exists for Avatar is the land that Disney just built. Yes. And the reason they did that is because they had purchased Avatar right before they purchased Marvel. Yeah, right. I I think he's got some sour grapes. Yeah. And that's all it really is. So, yeah. Good good luck with your you know, sequels, buddy. Wonder Woman comes out and he's trash talking Wonder Woman because all of a sudden like Sarah Connor is not like she, uh, yeah. she wasn't like she didn't hold that position anymore. Yeah. It it I, great I, character, you know. I don't know what his problem is, man. I don't know. Just so anyway, I'm just, just gonna just walk get back to to making movies. <laughs> yeah, and try not to be such a sour jerk about it, and 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 uh, lighten up on set too, because according to people that work with him, he is not fun to work with. <laughs> anyway, um, I had something else before we get to the uh, the, the 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 you know the the thing. Um. So did you see that? Did you see the link I sent you today about uh, the Watchmen adaptation on HBO? I saw the link. I did not have a chance to look at it. Um, well, according to uh, Damon Lindelof, my 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 buddy from Lost, Tony, man, wasn't his fault. <laughs> he didn't help anyway. Uh, HBO has ordered the pilot, and strictly speaking, Lindelof has said, "Adapt." It is not an adaptation of Watchmen. Which I believe in the past you've said you're okay with. Do you want, we, we've had an adaptation already. So do you want the, the kind of quote? Sure. Okay, Lindelof, quoting here. Adapting may be the right word at the end of the day. And then he, he says, have you watched Fargo, the, 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 the TV show Fargo? I haven't watched it, but I understand where he's going. So he says, I wouldn't call Noah Hawley's version of Fargo an adaptation because the movie exists inside of his world, and so everything that happened in the Fargo movie, it does precede the television show Fargo. So they find a bag of money in the first season, and you go, oh, that came from the movie. But it's also, Noah is pulling from other areas of the Coen Brothers canon, so it evokes, like, Lebowski, but it's also its own thing. So... He also said, I think it's widely known that Alan Moore does not want Watchmen to be adapted. So I'm playing a bit of a game of semantics here saying I'm not adapting Watchmen. Okay. So I have said in the past on this show that maybe that is the right approach to take. Because the text is so sacrosanct that maybe we our expectations of it having, we you know, in our, in our minds having to have this perfect adaptation of, of the book... That visually Zack Snyder kind of gave us, but tonally and thematically did not. Maybe that isn't doable to anyone's satisfaction. So yeah. maybe the fresh set of eyes and a new angle that can relay the same theme and the same message is needed here. So if that's his approach, okay, I'll, here's the rope. You either hang yourself or you're going to build me something really cool. <laughs> it's going to build you with a rope. Um... Put it this way, Carl. <laughs> you can Google it, but you're talking about like a bridge from volunteers I'm, or I'm, something. I'm just gonna leave it. Make sure you're safe, sir. Well, never mind. <laughs> I've said too much. All right, Drew. Let's uh, let's get to the 800 pound gorilla in the room. 
Let's. Earlier today, Sony Pictures, in association with Marvel. Do you know that? Uh, big I, words yeah. in association with Marvel. Saw that. Uh, dropped their second trailer for the Venom solo film. And this time, we got to actually see a little bit of Venom. We and did. hear voices. Oh, Drew, did we hear voices? <laughs> you 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 go ahead sir I'm, okay i'm just gonna sit over here and cry now i don't have the spider-man uh passion that you do um i do like spider-man and i am certainly fa- i am certainly familiar with venom so the what i saw in this trailer certainly looks like venom so visually to that reveal shot Hey, good, good job. Looks like Venom. But as a movie, as a trailer, it looks very bland and paint by numbers. It's not tied to Spider-Man at all. Yeah. And seeing as Venom as a character is founded on the principle that the symbiote, we're going to get to that in a minute too. Yep. Symbiote. Take your pick, whatever. We can get to that in a minute. It hates Spider-Man. Yep. Eddie Brock hates Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man. Put them together, and they got an axe to grind together. Yep. Here, there is no Spider-Man. Nope. So what are we doing here? Exactly. <sighs> and... We got a Venom whose eyes are too small. Who's not voiced well, by yeah, the there. the eyes, yeah, the eyes. But the, I'll I'll forgo that because the teeth look really cool with the tongue, and it's like, oh wow, that looks venomous. Yeah. Um, but um, the action looks cliche, and we I I like now. Granted, it's a trailer, and they wanted to save the reveal for the end of the trailer. But it looks like a bulk of the movie is just going to be Tom Hardy like projectile. Black it's still stuff. Tom Hardy the movie. It's Tom Hardy the movie. He's you know your your gripe is guys never keep their masks on. I'll guarantee you that you're gonna see the Venom 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 for in like three percent of this movie. The rest of it will just be Tom Hardy's face, maybe the black suit floating around him, and him just doing stuff with the suit. But the mask, the face, and the head will not be there for like ninety eight percent of the movie. Yeah, I'll I'll call that now. So. The trailer the action looks bland. The, the story looks. You've seen. You have seen this before. I promise. Yeah. Like evil industrialist does a bad thing. It's like and hijinks ensue. Anything cool that made aliens, more or less. So let's get into some nitty gritty because it's it, it's it's these details that drove me up a wall, and I thought I was the only one. And sure enough, within five minutes of watching this trailer and the internet, uh, my reaction on the internet's. Uh, is shared by many. I, I found this out very quickly. Okay. Tom Hardy needs to stop doing accents. <laughs> Full stop. Tom, stop doing accents. Stop it. You know how Bane was kind of a controversial choice <laughs> at the time? Eh, Bane worked. Bane's voice worked. Bane's accent worked. But it was, it was a little weird. It was. It was it's not that it was weird. It, it wasn't what we expected. I mean, it left it. It left an impression. I will. I'll give it that. Yep. But not necessarily the choice I would have done. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, strike one. 
I'll, I'll call Bane a strike okay. against him, even though it's, you know, what it is. What is he trying to do in this Venom trailer? New York by way of Chicago, by way of Boston, by way of San Francisco. Dude, what are you doing here, Tom? And he's kind of marble mouthed about two on top of it. Like, it's supposed to be like a New York accent, but spoilers, it's not because it's, it's not a New York accent because I know what a New York accent sounds like. Yep. Tom, buddy. No. Sounds like Tom Holland in, in Spider-Man. Tom Holland sounds like a Brooklyn. He sounds like he's from Brooklyn. Yeah. Or uh, Queens. Queen. Queens. Queens. <laughs> uh, he did good. And he's British. I hear him talking in his regular voice and I get like weirded out because he's really good at the Queens accent. Well, Tom, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's British too. Well, he needs to go <laughs> to the same school that Tom Holland went to because this accent's not fooling anybody. So that's really weird. And yeah, that bothered the crap out of me. Uh, number two, the Venom voice. Apparently, uh, so from what I understand, that actually is Tom Hardy's voice, modulated to hell, by the way. But to me, when I heard it, I thought, is that, is that, is that Keith David? Are you trying to sound like Keith David? I mean, it's a family show because we can't say his name in the proper way it should be said. Oh, well, fair enough, but. Keith, Keith, mother, mother, David. You know Keith David. Yeah. The man's resume is, is impeccable. It's not Keith David and it's not Hank Azaria. Okay. You're on, you're on this Hank Azaria point. Hank Azaria voiced um, Eddie Brock and Venom in the Spider-Man anime. You know that wasn't going to happen. Did a fine job. That's of fine, it but you know that's never going to. That wasn't going to happen. Just saying. Okay. Um, you know, make a better live-action Eddie Brock, Hank Azaria. <laughs> <laughs> um. So if if you're trying to do Keith David, but you're not Keith David, just get Keith. Just David. get Keith David. He's still working. Yeah, like I'm sure the Air Force can spare him for a little bit. <laughs> Oh, or is it the the Marines? No, that's not the Marines. It's Air Force. Is it the Air Force? I think so. Air Force and Navy. Might be the Navy. Either way, you know Keith David. Yeah. He spawned. Funny you should mention that. (laughs) Because did that transformation (laughs) sequence remind you of anything? Yep. Reminded me of the Spawn movie. Yep. And that's not a good thing to be reminded of. No, it's not. No, it's not. So there's that going on. And let's get this one out there, because I know it. I I I did the puppy dog look like the huh, and I blinked a little bit, and they yeah. said it again. I went huh, and then sure enough, if you look at Google today, Google searches for this have exploded in the last twenty four hours. Yeah, symbiote, and then she said it again. Yep, symbiote, Carl. It's not pronounced symbiote. Nope. How's it pronounced, Drew? Symbiote. Yep. Or as I've said it for a long time, symbiote, but symbiote. The, the, the key thing here is the E, symbiote. Yep. Symbiote. I, I haven't bumped on this as hard as many have because I stopped caring long before it got to that point. That's fine, but I was a stop, like, I was, it, my head ticked up a minute, and then, funny enough, by midday... There were articles being set posted on the internet about this. Yeah. And then there's the pedantic people. It's a perfectly acceptable pronunciation of the word. If you look in the dictionary. Shut it's, up. And it's like, yeah, it's listed. But do you know what it's listed after? The symbiote pronunciation. In other words, you're saying it wrong. Don't give me that. Yeah. It just, it, there's nothing about it that looks 
good or enticing. I'm like, yeah, Venom's face looks okay. But we don't know what he looks like from the neck down. No, I, I was he curious. The classic right. white spider on the front back. I don't think he is. White square on the, the top palms. I don't think he is. I mean, there are, and we've had this discussion before. There are villains that can have their own movie. That you can, if you want to, you could build a story around them and give them their own story and their own movie. But villains that are so intricately, I don't even think that's a real world, but tied to the heroes that spawn them, you need the hero in there. Venom is one of those villains. Like you said earlier, he is directly linked to Spider-Man. Spider-Man brought the symbiote back from the symbiote Carl from the Beyonder planet. He found it was acting funny, took it to Reed Richards and found that it was actually sentient and wanted to bond with him and take him over. So he rejected it, which, you know, hurts feelings. Then Eddie Brock, a, a reporter for Daily Bugle, whose reputation was ruined because he falsified a story that was proven to be false by Spider-Man. Like you said, I mean, you don't, you can't take these aspects of it away and still have a character that resembles what people want to see. You can make him physically resemble that. Heck, the Venom in Spider-Man 3 looked like Venom for the kind 30 of. seconds he was on the screen. Sort of. Um, But, yeah, it's just uh, there's nothing appealing about this to me. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's a little weird, and I'm not sure who it's for exactly. I mean, the only thing that could make me go, eh, maybe, is I heard like rumors that Woody Harrelson was being cast as Cletus Cassidy. And Woody Harrelson is Carnage. That's something that, I might buy a ticket to. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I'm not expecting it to be good, but still, you know, buy a ticket and take the ride. So yeah, that um, that about does it for the news. I don't even think we're gonna have any news next week. I think we're gonna be so much stuff going on next week, folks. You might have two episodes next week. Oh, I don't know about all that. Um. So yeah, that does it for news. Now, I know, I know. You've listened to us. You've stuck with us. We appreciate it. We do. Now, I know that the show's called The Devil's Due, and it's been a hot minute or two since we've actually discussed, you know, Daredevil. I know. We're sorry. And something that we both have to work on is, is getting some more uh, Daredevil-centric material in the show, um, which we're doing this week. We've got uh, some some comics to review. Uh, Daredevil was recently brought back to its, air quotes, original numbering by Marvel. And the... Well, no, not yet. It hasn't. No, it's still, this is the... Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. My bad. Yeah. Um, and so recently reached uh, Daredevil number 600, which was also the culmination of the Mayor Fisk storyline and so we're gonna kind of go through uh daredevil 600 and daredevil 601 which is the beginning of a new story arc so we have the culmination and then we 
we, we're going to tear into something new. So let's tackle this culmination issue, shall we? Yes. Uh, this is the, the last issue uh, by the team of Charles Soule and friend of the show, Mr. Ron Garney. Well, let me set this up really quickly. So it is a big landmark issue in that it's number 600. Now, there have been previous landmark issues of Daredevil that have ended on big cliffhangers. Um, although sometimes they uh, happen to set up um, radical new status quos, which this one, by the way, spoilers, is about to. And number two, though, they often have also uh, also coincided with creative team shifts. So that's rather interesting because what happens here, though, is that we have a radical, well, yeah, I'll call it a radical status quo shift, but we are not getting necessarily a shift in the creative team. Um, there's a new artist on 601, but Ch- Mr. Charles Soule is still writing the book. Yes. So he gets to have his cake and eat it, too. Which is fine. It is fine. It's just funny. He's like, done a dynamite job on this. He has. I just think it would be funny if he bailed after 600 because it would be it would follow in the footsteps of the previous creators who have uh, set up radical shifts and then walked off the book. Not walked off, but uh, left and had uh, left a big, big mess for the next guy to clean up. Example? Uh, well, when Bendis' run ended... The Bendis run ends with Matt Murdock in jail and his identity public, him in prison, and that's how the Bendis run ends. Ed Brubaker, here you go, buddy. Have fun. And Ed Brubaker picked up the thread and uh, managed to weave an incredible yarn about getting Matt out of jail. And then, uh, you know, did his whole run, which culminated kind of into Matt Murdock being asked to lead the hand, which he did. And then he left the book. And then Andy Diggle took it over. And I don't like to talk about the Andy Diggle run. Shadowland? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway... Big landmark issues for Daredevil and uh, authors leaving or writers leaving uh, tends to be a theme. But in this case, uh, Charles Soule gets to have a big uh, status quo shift, but stick around and uh, see it through. So let's see where this goes. eh? I now granted, I don't have, as I've said before in the past, I don't have the comic history with Daredevil that you do. Um, But from what I have been reading, this is probably up there with one of my more favorite runs on the character. Mark Wade is great and all. Um, but I think the uh, the Charles Soule Garney run has been really, really quality throughout. I've enjoyed it. I'm just I'm torn if I like it as. See, the thing with the with the Mark Wade run is like tonally, it was it's so different. It's so different from anything else uh, in there. Well, I mean, maybe not the swashbuckling '60s or whatever, but Daredevil's been a fairly uh, grim for lack yeah. of a better term, character, basically since the 80s. Well, the Maleev art, especially. Yeah, which is my... I love Alex Maleev to death. He's like one of my favorite artists by by a lot. But uh, the the Wade run was a much lighter fare, and not just in the art, but the stories themselves. And Matt was in a, a, a personal place where he was trying to not be as dark. So yeah. the, the, the stories fit the fit. Um, Charles Soule's kind of brought it back to its uh, more... I wouldn't call it... Sc- 
I would not call it grim, but it's yeah. definitely not the bright, colorful, up-tempo, upbeat Mark Wade run. Yeah. Mark Wade's run is kind of the outlier. But I do I did really enjoy it though because it was different. And yeah. you know, anyway, Charles Soule has had a a good run here. Um I can I mean to be brutally honest though, I can really do without some of the mystical kind of stuff. Like that whole well, we're going to get into the stuff with Blind Spot for instance. Like he got his eyes back because he like made a deal with a demon. Well, I mean like the mystical stuff is and, not foreign to daredevil the the hand one of daredevil's chief adversaries and for many many years now um deal very much in mysticism so i didn't to me it wasn't i didn't bump on it as hard as you did it was kind of a a tangent that if i had choice i probably wouldn't have gone on but i didn't mind that they did it yeah uh, I don't know. Like that whole army, I mean, especially when we think about the hand. Their army is made up of undead ninjas. I know, but I like my undead ninjas kind of mysterious. And here we've got like in in these issues, we actually see this monster that's like their leader, and it's kind of like, yeah, okay, well, I mean, he's been around before. It is what it is. But when that whole arc when he was in China and he, like you know he fights like the the that thing that like eats people. Remember, remember that that yeah, whole the beast. I don't know. I that to me, I was kind of like, what what are we? What are we doing here? This isn't really Daredevil's turf. The dude has had frequent run-ins with Mephisto. I know, and I'm I'm on the fence with those too. <laughs> so, I guess I really like my Daredevil kind of on the streets. I get you hitting the pavement. And I think this uh, issue 600 really does a great job of illustrating the current state of New York City in the Marvel universe. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whereas, you know, when we were kids and earlier, New York City was kind of the center of the solar system for the Marvel Universe. Yes. And it's just, in a lot of ways, just not anymore. The Fantastic Four aren't there. The Avengers are no longer located there. You know, it's very much now the city of the street-level hero. And events that are happening in this book, you don't see, like, Iron Man flying in or Thor coming in to to help out with this. It's all the street-level characters, which, honestly... Kind of prefer because so I think we've always preferred. You and I both have always preferred the street level characters to the more global level characters. Um, but I think it's it's really interesting that he's that Soul is taking the the steps to show that this is kind of where the Marvel New York City is today. Yeah, but I mean to be, f- I mean just to, to be fair, I get where you're coming from, but you know, Bendis did the same thing, like Spider Man, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, uh. Misty Knight, they were all regulars in his run, too. Yeah, but even at that time, if you look in the Marvel Universe as a whole, like, you've got, you know, Avengers Tower is still located in New York City, and there's still a presence there. And it is, it but, just, but, it but Daredevil's world doesn't intersect with that, that stuff. Well, like, not a lot, but... It really doesn't. And that's... And, and see, because of that, that's another thing I was like, eh, that whole, that whole diversion we had there for a minute when uh, Matt had to go to the, like, Inhumans place remember that whole because of because of uh uh, muse the villain he was an inhuman and and i liked muse i like the character character. but the inhuman stuff and that's just because you don't like inhumans i mean no one likes the inhumans (laughs) some people do not enough apparently no um 
these you, sometimes you've got to take these characters out of their element. If it was just Matt in Hell's Kitchen all the time, it would get boring, and you got to shake things up on occasion. I I understand, but and we certainly have a shaking up here. We do in this issue. So this is the the final issue in the Mayor Fisk storyline, which um, we've talked about before, and is very kind of. Uh, mirror image of what's going on in our own reality where someone who you wouldn't believe would be able to be elected to public office gets elected and turns out they actually are as terrible as you think they would be and the people you think would support them actually are and it's just like kind of crazy. To be fair, though, in this Fisk arc... If I have a choice, I'll take Wilson Fisk over <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, especially since his damage Six can days be, a week and twice on Sunday. Especially since Fisk's damage can be limited to New York City. And no, no, I'll take country. him as president of the United States. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, you're not wrong. He's, um, he's bad, but at least he's competent. This is true. Intelligent. Yes, he wouldn't embarrass himself uh, with, uh, with alarming regularity. Um... I will say, though, at least in Daredevil, Fisk seems to be embraced by a lot of people. Yeah, he kind of... Then again... Yeah, Fisk is very good at manipulating the masses. Yes. Um, Because, obviously, because he's a a former crime lord who's just elected mayor of New York City, some might not think that's the biggest stretch and role development, but, you know, some might say otherwise. Um, But we have... So Fisk is kind of, as soon as he gets in office, he works on outlawing vigilantes, outlawing superheroes. And in this issue, the two, the two big hits of this issue, I think, are the, the Daredevil-Fisk fight and what happens to Fisk in the end. Yes. Um, the Daredevil-Fisk fight is as always brutal and emotional. Well, Matt doesn't want to fight back this time because he knows if he does, he will be playing into Fisk's yeah. hand. And if he attacks Fisk, Fisk can call the cops and say, look, he attacked me. Yeah. Vigilantes are bad. We have to outlaw them. It's another attack on the mayor's life. So Matt kind of hangs back and lets Fisk kind of, not for nothing, Matt just takes a beating. <laughs> yeah. With a sledgehammer, no less. Yeah. And, you know, handles that surprisingly well. I've, I've watched wrestling. I, you know, the, <laughs> there's ways. You can take a sledgehammer shot. You'll be okay. Um, and also going on in the story, some issues back, Wilson Fisk appointed Matt Murdock deputy mayor of New York City. Yeah. Now, it has not been revealed because also in Charles Lowell's run, he fixed it so that Daredevil's secret identity is once again intact. Correct. But we do not know... Does Fisk still know? Is he tipping his hand? What? I don't think he does. What is the motivation behind this decision? And that's one thing that doesn't really get resolved in this issue. I don't think he knows, but I think he knows there's enough of a connection to where he can he can play. Yeah, he can play Matt against the heroes and whatnot. Yeah. So the other big thing that happens in this issue is there's like this rally in Central Park for like an anti-hero rally. Yep. And Fisk is giving a speech when all of a sudden, he's a pincushion. Yeah. He 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 got himself uh, shot up with a number, a great number of, of arrows 
And uh, who who trades in arrows besides like you know Hawkeye, Carl? Hawkeye, Grant. <laughs> it's a, it's a likely list nowadays. Uh, that would be the hand. Yeah, because like you know. Ninjas haven't figured out that like machine guns are way more efficient than bows and arrows. There wouldn't be ninjas that. You're not wrong. I mean, just saying. They... Snake eyes being the exception. He 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 rocks a he rocks a machine gun and so a I'm, sword. I'm just uh, counting here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's like about ten arrows. Five in the front, five in the back. Dude's uh. Dude's pretty jacked up, and at this time, Daredevil's been taken into custody. Yep. So he's kind of powerless to stop what's going on. And not only has Daredevil been taken into custody, but all the other uh, heroes that he had helping him have also been taken. That is uh, Spider-Man, Misty Knight, Echo, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Moon Knight. I like this group. The, the, again, this is this is classic uh, Daredevil accomplices. <laughs> yeah, they show up a lot. So, what what are your thoughts on what went down in this issue? Uh, like I said, it's, I mean, we've got the whole Muse blind spot. I don't think we really need to go too much of that. That they've got a fight, and well, spoilers: Muse dies. Does he? Yeah, doesn't he? I'm checking. Good. Please check. Go on. With um, team thoughts. Well, again, it all builds to a to a big crescendo because we have the end, seemingly the end of the of the Mayor Fisk arc, but really it's not the end because we we get we get this swerve and the hand come out of left field to take Fisk off the board, and we have a major status quo change yet again for uh for Daredevil, and that being okay. So he's he's locked up now. If you're looking at the big cliffhanger going. Oh, they're doing the old Daredevil in jail thing again. Again, Ooh, no, I, no. I've seen that before at the end of the Bendis run, and it was great. Yeah. So I left this issue going like, oh, well, what are they? I've I've seen this act before. What are they going to do? Um, but there's a, there's a new wrinkle to it because not only is he locked not not locked up in jail yet, but he has been taken into custody uh, due to some um, unforeseen or forgotten about change by the previous mayoral may mayor administration mayoral mayoral that's a hard word to say uh that whole deputy mayor succession plan is uh that that fisk you know did not ca- account for because apparently yeah. like I, I would have to look this up but i'm going to trust charles soul because he's a lawyer he actually is a lawyer uh the new york city succession plan the deputy mayor is not the He's not like, He's vice, not like president. vice president. Yeah. Uh, no, there's a different line of succession if something were to happen to the mayor. But apparently the previous mayor of in fictional Marvel New York changed it to where the deputy mayor is next in line. Yep. So with Fisk off the board, Matt Murdock is now the mayor of New York City. Mm-hmm. There's your new status quo shift. There's so your now, wrinkle. Here's my question to you. Yeah. If I was to lay this all out to you on paper, yeah. not give it to you in like a comic form, would you bump up against that at all? Matt as mayor of New York? Yeah. Not really. I mean, how again, how do I've, how, always, I've always wanted to see a storyline of Matt as a judge. Sure. That's doable too. But I mean, again, it's like Matt as mayor. Okay. How did we get there? And it might. It all makes sense in this context of Charles Soule's run. He was a district attorney, 
instead of being a instead of being a regular lawyer, he actually yeah. joined up with the city to he be wasn't a dis- defense. He was prosecutor, right? And from there, his actions there got him on the radar of you know Wilson Fisk, and his his special his specializing in the superhero community, especially put him in Fisk's crosshairs. Fisk somehow gets elected mayor, and then here we are. So it's yeah. all logically built to this and i'm okay with it like it's not a left field turn really like it i mean it is but it's but it all makes perfect sense i think when you look at a lot of ways the uh the storyline of him going to china and fighting the beast and things like that in a lot of ways you could just look at as like listen we just need to make fisk mayor and didn't want to go through the explaining it you're not wrong there and that i would actually kind of hold because again that whole story that wasn't I didn't. I didn't care for that arc. I just feel like I don't need Daredevil being. He. I don't know that whole that whole that whole diversion. I could do without. But like you said, it does kind of seem like now that was just like I don't want to call it filler, but it was a hand wave to get Fisk yeah. enough time to get put into office. They did something similar in Spider Man when J. Jonah Jameson got elected mayor of new york city see that i could buy more than fisk yeah because J-, J. jonah jameson being you know longtime new york voice yeah owns the bugle yada yada like you know i could see that but fisk being a criminal and you know a uh, lot of very questionable character it takes a little more to kind of turn the tide on, on that kind of public opinion but you know given our political times right now eh, yeah you know what you know, Darth Vader is Pope? Sure. Sure. Um So yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. And it, it makes it makes a, a certain sense. It evokes uh some uh memories or, you know, wonder which direction they'll go from me because I mean, one of my favorite books is actually uh it's not his best work, but it's still really good work, and that's uh Ex Machina by Brian K. Vaughn and Tony Harris. Yeah. Uh that was a really good book. Kids, go back and check that out if you're into uh like if you're into any sort of political or social issue at all, it was about a guy who gets mysterious powers from a mysterious origin and he can talk to machines. So what he decides to do with this ability is become the world's first superhero that takes place in like the real world, by the way, post nine 11, which is also, it's also a very timely book. Um, it's very much of its time because it came out in the aftermath of nine 11. Anyway, uh, X machina, uh, is really good. And he, he becomes the world's first superhero. And based on that, he, you know, saves in this fictional New York, he saves one of the towers from being, he stops one of the planes from hitting the second tower, basically. Yeah. And as being hailed as a hero for that, he gets elected mayor of New York. And the it's it's not really a superhero book at all. I mean, there are there is some stuff that happens in it, but uh, it's mainly a kind of uh, political intrigue book with superhero trappings and conflicts. And it's uh, really good. I recommend it. So anyway, Matt Murdock being elected mayor kind of gave me some echoes of like, oh, okay, let's let's see how we can play this. What would this? What does what does a superhero being in the mayor's office of New York City in the Marvel Universe entail? Yeah. So that brings us to issue six hundred one, where we see the debut of new artist on the book, Mike Henderson. And Drew, I gotta say, 
I'm a fan of Mr. Henderson. Yeah, he looks. Uh, the the line work here is very good. Um, uh, it's definitely it's in the vein of you know what we with you know Charles uh, or I'm sorry with uh, right Ron, Ron Garney. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm stress is getting to me. Uh, it's in the vein of Ron Garney, but it's definitely got its own look and it fits perfectly with uh, Daredevil. He's got the perfect Daredevil pencil style. Uh, the the issue opens up where Daredevil's been taken into custody. He's currently in transport, but the the prison van stops, and <clears throat> he actually can't get out of the cuffs he's in. They're, They're special, special cuffs. specially designed for superheroes. Got him in a cereal box. <laughs> um, but the hand know where he is, and they try to assassinate him. And you know, Daredevil does Daredevil things and uh, gets. Gets out of Matt that. escapes clean. Yep. Matt escapes clean, shows up at the mayor's office all nice and dressed and ready to go to work. And as we learn, the the hand have laid siege to New York City. Yes, they, they are going after ninjas everywhere. Ninjas everywhere, going after cops, they're going after law and order. They are creating chaos. So one of the first thing Matt does is he releases all the heroes. The hounds? Oh, the, the heroes, sorry. And then just tells them, you know, go go do what you guys do. Um, there's, there's a really funny scene where, uh, Wesley, who is, who was loyal to Fisk, of course, uh, is like not happy with Matt being the mayor and threatens to sue him. <laughs> and Matt just looks at him and goes, you're going to sue me. Yeah. In court <laughs> with a judge. G- good luck with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it was very reminiscent of that scene from, uh, the, the dark Knight. Uh, the, the pencil pusher guy kind of finds out, yeah, uh, that you know Bruce, Bruce Wayne, Wayne is Batman. Is, Bruce Wayne is like, so Morgan Free. I just heard a Morgan Freeman's voice. So you believe your boss is a man who dresses up as a bat and goes out and cripples vigilantes at night, and your plan is to blackmail him? <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So Matt is doing what he kind of kind of re. Uh, take take control. Of the take city. back the streets. So uh, how do we do that? Well, we got to get the superheroes that were arrested out of jail. Yes. So he orders he orders Spider Man, Luke Cage, Misty Knight, Iron Fist, and Moon Knight, um, and Echo. They're, you're free now. He also says to tell them. He tells the officer to lets them go. Uh, tell them the hand is running wild in New York City. They'll know what to do. Yeah. So. Spidey and, and the gang have to go to work, and I'm sure they will. Yep, and the the issue ends at the Temple of the Beast, where we have a kind of a green goblinish looking, yeah, but, you yeah, know, big Ma- Ma- and fat, monsters, which I'm fine with. Yeah, um, bum, bum, bum. saying that you know <laughs> the enemy is known to us. It's Matt Murdock, and we're gonna go from there. So things uh, things are looking bright, maybe not narratively for Matt Murdock's future, but definitely from a comic standpoint, I think the book is in a really good place, moving in a good direction. Uh, it's it's one of the titles I really enjoy from Marvel, uh, which is a list that has been dwindling. I'm I mean I'm just gonna put it out like Daredevil has been. With the exception of the whole Shadowland era, yeah, big asterisk. Daredevil has been uh, Marvel one of Marvel's best titles on the shelf every single month for the last fifteen to eighteen years. 
Um, that's impressive. That's I mean, yeah. and it's like he doesn't move the needle necessarily in big events. Uh, he's not. Daredevil's like he's just he's the cool he's the cool band that's never quite at the mainstream level but they but he's always there and he's got his fans and it's always good. Yeah. And it's like that's the best way I can describe him. Like he's just he's the NJPW of the Marvel. Kind of, oh, ooh, yeah, maybe, like maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> now you're going to mull that over. I I could chew on that for a little while. <laughs> Um, talent. He he attracts good talent. Yeah. Sometimes good talent is makes their name on his book. Ben, dude, Bendis made his name on Daredevil. Like, sure, he did some indie stuff before that, but when he got handed the keys to Daredevil, his career like a rocket. Yep. They gave him the keys to the whole Marvel U after that. Pretty much. Um. So, Charles Souls is 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 keeping up with the uh, high quality that I expect out of a Daredevil run. Um. Again, some of this mystical stuff I could do without. I'm more. I'm more interested in Foggy coming back to New York and saying, "Matt, what the hell are you doing?" Like as mayor, as mayor, those personal things are more my hooks into Daredevil. Yeah, <laughs> I could run for mayor. Mayor, mayor Foggy Nelson. <laughs> oh, I want that arc. Give me that arc. Oh, that'd be great. Let's get there. I think we can get there. Yeah. Um. Okay. That. Uh. That. Uh, oh, really quick. I wanted to ask you earlier. Mm-hmm. I probably should have mentioned it in the "How Was Our Week" section. Did you read Action Comics One Thousand? Not yet. No. It's good. Sorry. It's I good. I'm dude. I I've barely read any. I read Daredevil six hundred six hundred one, and I think I read uh oh one or two other books over there i'm looking at it right now but i can't see what it is they they don't go into any extensive explanation as to why the trunks are back i don't care just, just as to say there's literally a, a single panel where he said he just doesn't look like superman without him and they're back yeah. I, I'm, I'm again audio medium I, i'm i'm looking at i'm literally i have the of course i have my, my arms sure. up of course i mean yeah. he doesn't it's, yep. it's true looks like superman with the trunks on Alrighty, folks, uh, we appreciate you joining us again, as always. Uh, please like, follow, share new episode listings. Um, does a great lot to help the show. Gets us all the way out to Africa, as you've seen from this episode. Um, if you would like to, you can follow, find us at the following locations. You can go to at Devil's Due Pod on Twitter, facebook.com slash Devil's Due Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Due Pod at gmail.com. Or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, thedevilsdopodcast.com. That being said, Drew, any closing thoughts? <sighs> Folks, if you ever have a, kino re- a kitchen reno to do, uh, my heart goes out to you. It, it, I, I feel your pain. And uh, to Jim Cameron, uh, my, my heart goes on, buddy. See you. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you very much for joining us. Hope to see you.